too. The others. Find them and tell them not to doubt. Even now, not to doubt. Tell them to keep their faith. They must keep faith. Wait. Tell who? Who are you? My name is Judas. Hello, and welcome to the Screen Test of Time, the podcast where we watch every movie ever nominated for Best Picture. I'm Susan Araslin. I'm David Daw. And this week, we are wrapping up the 1953 nominees with the Christian Roman epic The Robe, starring Richard Burton. <sighs> and... You know, it is not as torturous as Quo Vadis. I Or maybe I've just been poisoned. <laughs> I think it's a your mileage may vary thing, because this is right on the line of being MST3K-able. Like, right on the line of so bad it's good. But I think it really depends on your relationship to rote Christian propaganda. The fact that all of this resolves like, well, the good Christians know good things and everyone who isn't a Christian just does evil for the sake of evil. <laughs> I'm just going to play a dice game over a dead man's robe. Why? Because I talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> just like the most fucking medieval morality plays had more subtlety than this movie does. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I definitely found it hilarious at times. Well, one, because of what you just pointed out of the total absurdity of if you are not one of the Christians in this movie or one person who is going to become a Christian later, that you're just like this mustache twirling villain. But also it had that real biopic energy that you have referred to several times in some of our other episodes. Like, and now here's Simon Peter <laughs> or this woman who was healed by Jesus or this boy who was <laughs> cured by Jesus. My favorite one of these is special guest star Judas <laughs> who shows up for one scene to be like, you're too late to save Jesus. He's already been betrayed by the worst person. The just absolute piece of shit. I God, everyone should hate him for all of eternity because he's so weak. Ah, the weakness of man. What's your name? Oh, me? I'm Judas Iscariot. <laughs> lightning flash, lightning flash, lightning flash. Like That is definitely one of the better ones. God, just... And again, it really depends on if your reaction to that is sigh, of course, or holy shit, that's amazing. Though I really like the pilot one where he's like, <laughs> yeah. bring me a basin, I need to wash my hands. Uh, sir, you already did wash your hands. Oh, so I did. I mean, I don't want to make an autopilot pun here, but the guy who was playing pilot phoned this in so hard. <laughs> no one has ever cared less to be cursed by God for eternity <laughs> than Richard Boone playing Pontius Pilate in this movie. And, like, everyone is so casual about the most blatant signs from God in this movie. Because diegetically... 
you have to make it clear whose side literal actual God is on. But then within the narrative, everybody has to keep fucking for Jesus and literally murdering him. So, like, no matter how blatant... Including our hero. Yeah. Who is the guy who crucified him. And then people are like, yeah, but it's okay because, you know, that's how we all got saved. So, actually, you were part of the grand plan all along. Which, I guess, okay. Sure. (laughs) He also shows remorse for what he did in a way that, like, is maybe the only interesting thing about this movie is the way that it has a person grapple with guilt about being a bad person, but only one person on earth seems capable of that moral dimension. Yes. Everybody else just seems to be like inherently good or inherently bad. Yeah. And I will say Richard Burton is such a good actor that I cared about his character, which what in this movie? (laughs) I think I just cared about Richard Burton, honestly. I don't even think I cared about his character. I was like, I'd like to see where this is going with Richard Burton. And that's pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah. Incredibly broad overview. This is basically a retelling of the actual death and rebirth of Christ and the very, very early Christian era through the lens of this kind of made up figure. I mean, mostly made up, but kind of has some similarities to a very minor Christian figure of the centurion who helped murder, helped crucify Christ, and then was like, boy, that was a bad idea. Yes. So Marcellus Gallo is this guy who is actually, honestly, just generally a huge dick, but is, for being a huge dick, sent off by Caligula, who's just like... (laughs) It takes a lot for me to feel like, boy, Caligula's maybe getting a bad shake here, but there's like enough Caligula now in the Roman villain canon for me to be like, okay, tone it down a little. He wasn't this bad. Yeah, he's out Caligula-ing Caligula. (laughs) Yeah, but Caligula in a fit of pique sends him, because he's definitely the kind of guy who has fits of peak, sends Marcellus off to Palestine because it's just the worst place on earth for a Roman centurion to get sent. And he's there for approximately two days, which is enough time for his servant to see Christ and be immediately converted to Christianity and believe he is like the savior from a distance, and for him to be ordered to murder Christ and him to go, Christ, if I have to before I get back on the boat. He does that, and then a mustache-twirling villain centurion, literally for no reason, picks up Jesus's robe and is like, let's play dice over this. Ugh, I lost. You take it, Marcellus. And then the robe, because it is like the Shroud of Turin, it is covered in Christ's blood, even though it just looks like it's just made from a very rich velvet. It is ostensibly red because it is covered in the blood of our savior. What's also wild about it is that the Jesus character in this film is not wearing it at the point where we see him carrying the cross through the street. So I don't know where it came from. (laughs) Everyone just acts like it's just a red robe. Like later on when he comes back to get the robe and the servant's like, I just keep it in a drawer. I find it comforting. It's like it's covered in blood. (laughs) There are a lot of adjectives you could put on the way that makes you feel. But but comforting is not what I would pick. But whatever. 
Touching the robe just instantly makes Marcellus feel overwhelmed with guilt because it makes him understand the gravity of what he has done. He has killed the savior of humanity. He doesn't know that, though, because he's kind of too stupid to be a good person, seems to be kind of the movie's angle on this. (laughs) So he thinks, like, the robe is bewitched, is what he and the emperor come to. Caligula is not yet emperor. Uh, It's still... Uh, um, Tiberius. Fuck. Uh, who is it? Tiberius. Tiberius, yeah. thank you. Yes. And Tiberius is like, I am insightful, and so I'm going to tell you that this robe is bewitched, but I know it's not bewitched. I actually know that this is how the collapse of Rome starts, that will proceed for the next 500 years, because I'm that insightful. I know that Christ being born somewhere is how Rome will fall. And you're like, it, okay, is it? But Marcellus goes back to get this robe. There's been a whole subplot with a servant and him having a girlfriend, but fucking who cares? The servant is like, the robe isn't bewitched. You just feel guilty because you killed Jesus. And he goes, that's a really good point. I'm going to immediately convert to Christianity, although you guys won't have me because I killed our Lord and Savior. And they're all like, we know you did it, but it's cool because forgiveness. Jesus would have forgived you, so we're going to forgive you too. There's like 30 minutes of loot playing and talking about the resurrection of Christ and whatever. It's extremely boring. It's extremely boring, except it's also totally hilarious because it just feels like more than anything I've ever seen in one of these. Like, he is being invited into a weird hippie cult. (laughs) It is absolutely a weird hippie cult, but it is also every single person that tried to convert me to Christianity when I was a kid in Georgia. Like, every single time, it was like, somebody's just going to be badly strumming on an instrument and then going like, isn't it meaningful that Christ our Lord came back? He was back, back from the grave, the grave he came back, it rolled away. And you're like, what is, what is happening? Yeah, she does sing this entire song that is just lifted completely from the Bible. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't rhyme. Yeah. And she just sort of occasionally repeats a line. Song is being incredibly generous to what that is. It's kind of like she just was doing poetry and then fell and had a lute in her hands. Like, is kind of... Anyway, the action-y act three. There's a little bit of action in this movie. It all sucks. All the fight choreography sucks. But there, the act three is that the slave guy, who is now an equal now that they're both Christians and Marcellus has seen the light of the Lord, gets captured by Caligula and they do a big rescue and the big rescue gets Marcellus captured seemingly just because at some point he like gives up. Like they're being chased and he's just like, yeah, they're going to catch us, I guess. I, I, They want me, so I'm just going to have them catch me. No, Demetrius gets captured. You said Marcellus. It's Demetrius, who's the... They rescue Demetrius. Yes. And Marcellus goes like, I guess they're going to take me. Yes, right. Even though they seem to be getting away basically just fine. Like, they're being chased, 
But like, I don't understand why he just chooses to give up at that one part of the road, but he does. And it's so that Caligula can put him on trial and he can go like, I will never give up on my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And his girlfriend to go like, I don't actually know much about this Jesus thing, but I would rather die for Jesus than like date Caligula. And you're like, girl, I get it. (laughs) And then they walk off and it's supposed to be a triumphant ending because Caligula screams mockingly that they go to meet their king. But they really do because wink, wink, Jesus. Right. And then instead of seeing them die, we see the the blue sky and the fluffy clouds come in behind them as the court of Rome fades away. (sighs) And it's got some of the most ridiculous acting I think I have seen in a while. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... And I guess because people are like really committing to whatever it is that they are supposed to be doing, which fine, like that's preferable to just not, I guess. But some of the choices make no fucking sense. Like, Demetrius, when they rescue him, has been horribly tortured. And a doctor comes in and is like, oh, yeah, he's totally beyond saving. But he just sits around with this, like, beatific smile on the whole time. And then randomly, like, he's fine because Jesus, but also not fine enough that he can walk and run away. Like, they just need to carry him from place to place. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, that is... That that's a choice. That is such a choice. So is it like some Christian doctrine thing? That weird thing Peter keeps doing where he like rubs his thumbs up and down the like lapels of his robe? Like he's wearing suspenders? Cause it gives him this weird I'm just a simple country lawyer vibe that I'm like is like why is he doing this weird bit of business? Is it some Christian thing I don't understand, or is it just this movie? Because it's such a particular choice. Maybe that's like the, you know, uh, Peter is kind of the founder of the Diocese of Rome, right? So, like, maybe it's a reference to the thing that they wear, like the priests wear, you know? Like, not a scarf, but it goes around their neck and hangs down. Maybe. Maybe that's what it was about. But I'm like, I have no idea. And he does it all the time. Yeah. It's very weird. But maybe it's the, like, I'm just a simple country fisherman. Yeah. I That <laughs> seems to be... Except that's not really the way he's wise. Because this movie kind of wants the kingdom of heaven to be more, like, otherworldly and holy than that. So it's just like he is touched by the divine. It isn't that he is like in touch with the simple truths of the world. It is that God is speaking through him. So it's a weird kind of choice to have him go for that weird simplicity thing. Whatever. Everything kind of has that vibe. Like the restraint from this film that when she hands the robe off to that random servant at the end, Mm. him not going, I'm going to go take this to my family home in Turin, because (laughs) everything else in this movie is like that, that it is just fucking spot the reference, but for the New Testament. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Also, I think something that's fascinating about this film is it was incredibly expensive to make and this was at a point where we already have hollywood on the tiber where hollywood is perfectly comfortable going to rome and shooting a film yeah 
And yet they built all of this stuff in California, including <laughs> this giant set with Golgotha, the hill where Christ was crucified, completely in the round so they could shoot it from 360 degrees, all angles. And it was shot on this weird kind of like 3D without glasses sort of thing where you had two different lenses that had to be separately focused and the sound was this incredible technological upgrade so all of the movie theaters that showed this had to have special screens and they had to have special sound systems in order to play this film now one of the things that the studio did is that they basically helped movie theaters in various cities pay for these But it was a tremendous amount of money, not just spent on the actual budget of the film, but in being able to distribute it at all. And I don't really get for what reason. (laughs) Because you have Quo already, right? Like, I, I mean, I find this movie to be more tolerable to watch than Quo First of all, it's shorter. But it's not good. <laughs> its chief virtue is it is much shorter than Quo Vadis. The money's up there on the screen, and it was up there for Quo Vadis, and you can, like, feel this movie cost a lot more, but it also feels like you're doing a scary movie-esque parody film of Quo Vadis, but for some reason you decided to make it cost three times as much. The actual budget was less than Quo Vadis, if we're talking about just the movie. But then when you factor in all of this other shit for distribution, it probably ended up being more expensive in the long run. And they basically had to reshoot the negative in order to eventually distribute it to movie theaters that didn't have this special screen. And I forget what it's called, but... um, Cinemascope? Cinemascope, yes, thank you. So it just seems like an absolutely absurd amount of money to spend on what is basically like Quo Vadis but shorter again like I found this to be watchable in the sense of like I was cracking up at some of the choices in pretty much every scene like the Judas scene was just hilarious (laughs) and every time Caligula was on I I, It was just remarkable that you could actually take Caligula too far. Though I will say at least Caligula feels less queer-coded in this than in Quo Vadis, which is to say, still queer-coded, just not right to the point of, like, absurdity. Incredibly queer-coded, but his only character motivation is wanting to fuck a woman, so I guess less gay. <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, Yeah, well, but also clearly is not trying to get every dude in the room to flirt with him in the way that the Quo Vadis Caligula, or it wasn't Caligula, it was Nero. It was Nero and Quo Vadis, yeah. Yes. I'm getting my fucked up Roman emperors (laughs) confused. This movie also has like this really weird relationship with the imperial period of Rome. Marcellus's dad is like, I'm just here trying to make sure that we have, like, the good kind of imperial rule and not the bad kind. The movie seems really, like, kind of up on Tiberius, and it is very strange that this movie is not, like, 
Rome has already fallen because the Republic has fallen. It is trying to, for some reason, I guess because, like, it's the emperors that declare Christianity the official state religion of Rome in a couple hundred years, so they can't be all bad. (laughs) But he does have this whole thing of, like, I'm trying to preserve the last vestiges of the Roman Republic, and it's like, we're on Emperor 4 at this point, dude. Yeah. That ship sailed. Well, I guess Caligula, again, is not actually emperor until the end of the movie. So we're on Emperor 3 when the movie starts. But again, ship is sail. Here's the thing that I struggle with about this, because I didn't enjoy it as much as you. I think I was just, like, not in the mood to watch something that was kind of so bad it's good. Because, like, objectively, the Judas thing is funny. Like, I, I cannot argue with you. That's comedy. But, like... I just kind of did react to that scene with a, yeah, what's next? Like, what what fresh hell is this? <laughs> and I think your mileage is going to vary a little bit too much for me to recommend watching this movie. I don't know <laughs> if it's really going to hit that so bad it's good sweet spot for everybody. But I do think, like... If somebody's tying me to a chair and making me watch something, God, this over Quo Vadis, like, for sure. Because there is at least an angle through which you can enjoy this film. But as far as grading it, like a two? (sighs) Yeah, that seems fine. Like, I almost want to be like an extra point for CinemaScope because the movie does look very good. This is, in terms of, like, throwing money at the screen, just, Jesus, that's a huge set. Jesus, that's a lot of people. Mm. Jesus, that's Jesus. That's, (laughs) like, a lot of stuff is going on, and I do think it generally looks better than Quo Vadis. Yeah. I'm kind of shocked to learn it's cheaper, because it really doesn't look it. But the acting isn't good. The story really doesn't get at anything. I mean, I'm not a very good judge. I've never been a Christian. The best you're going to get out of me is agnostic. But this is not what is compelling to me about the story of Christ at all. No. It's Bible fan fiction. Yeah. It's like, what if we picked this character who was unnamed in the Bible and then made a whole story about them? Yeah. You could even make good Bible fan fiction. This just isn't it. (laughs) Right. I would like to say that I do think that there is a version of this movie that I would like a lot better. It is not just that I think, like, don't make movies about Jesus. It's boring. It is just like, hey, don't make a movie about Jesus that really requires you to be a Christian to get any enjoyment out of it. Don't just take it for granted that everybody ought to believe in Christ and everyone that doesn't is an evil idiot. Right. Make grappling with the problem of worshipping a guy that you just saw die seem actually difficult and compelling and make it seem like that was actually a brave and difficult choice and not like anyone who didn't do it is a fucking idiot. Right. So, uh... Don't watch this movie. I don't feel like it's necessary at all. No. And... This is the last one of the year, right? Yeah, so we gotta talk about what actually should have won this year, which was not From Here to Eternity. (laughs) No. Uh, It was the better Roman movie. Yeah. (laughs) 
Julius, no, I'm kidding. It's Roman holiday. Yeah. Though Julius Caesar, I would say, is absolutely second here. Yes. It was a Rome-heavy year, huh? I hadn't really thought about it until right now. We had three movies that were set in Rome. (laughs) I wonder if we're going to beat that record at some point in the 50s. Surely there's not going to be four movies set in Rome. That's excessive. I mean, three is actually pretty excessive. (laughs) Three is pretty excessive, but... If there's anything Hollywood hates, it's excess. That's fair. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, Roman Holiday is far and away the best movie that was nominated in this year. And it's still great, so you should watch it if you haven't. You should absolutely watch it if you haven't. The Julius Caesar is genuinely pretty good. Yeah. If we were in a year where it was the best picture, I would not be mad. But Roman Holiday is just incredible. That last scene of Roman Holiday is just Jesus Christ. Ugh. 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 My heart. Yeah. Legitimately, the more I sit with it, the more I'm like, is that the best acting we've seen in any movie in Screen Test of Time is the last scene of Roman Holiday? It's top five for sure. Off the top of my head, there's nothing that jumps out and I'm like, oh, no, actually, this is better. I mean, honestly, and I'm taking into consideration Citizen Kane here and Casablanca. Yes, for sure. Nope. That, this is better. Yeah. So, yeah, watch Robin Holiday. Don't watch The Robe. But the other Robin movie in this year is definitely watchable. From Here to Eternity is super fucking boring, and Shane is bad. But two solid nominees is... Uh, out of five, it's, like... Sadly... <laughs> could be worse. Could definitely be worse. It's been worse. <laughs> yeah. And, like... From here to return, no, it's, I was going to like try and give From Here to Eternity partial credit so we could get to 2.5, but no, it's two good movies out of five. It's so boring. But like, let's be thankful it's not two good movies out of 10, right? Because like, that's what would have happened. Yeah, which we've definitely <laughs> had those years. Uh, yeah. We've had a lot of those years. Uh, so next week we are starting 1954 in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. With... Three coins in a fountain. In the fountain. Three coins in the fountain. Which is supposed to be quite good. I know absolutely nothing about it. Literally, I don't think I have ever heard of this film before. And that may simply be that it seems like it's 15% like Roman Holiday. And if you are anything like Roman Holiday and come out a year after Roman Holiday, I cannot imagine anybody saying anything except you should just watch Roman Holiday. Like, I... (laughs) But... We'll see. We will. Yeah, tune in next week to see if this is just the, you know, oh, well, Roman Holiday did well, so let's make another of those, or if it is a movie that stands on its own. And until then... You know, I thought about it before we started recording, and what I was going to say was this is a movie, and I mean that as an insult, but I don't actually quite think that's right. I think that it is more that this is Bible fanfic, like you said. Like, I think that's what this is. Yeah. And there are much better writers on Archive of Our Own. (laughs) Uh, Yes, exactly. If you need Bible fanfic, I'm sure you can find it online. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. They're going into a better kingdom. They're going into a better kingdom. They're going to meet that king! They're going to meet that king!